This is Amongst Vultures, and welcome to Undergroundopolis. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Undergroundopolis. It's Wednesday night. Of course, that's what we're doing. We're sitting here having a little, having a little drink, having a little vape. And tonight, my guest, I'm so excited for this, man. <laughs> John S. Hall, he's played with King Missile, Silk Cut. He was on HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam. He's on Beavis and Butthead. And is also a published author. We're just, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it, man. There I am. I'm right in. Was there a particular influence that you saw or on either stage or TV or anything that said, you know what, I want to do that. I want to, I want to be a professional, professional entertainer. I don't think I've ever wanted to be a professional entertainer. Um, what I, the message I got uh, in the seventies, uh, late seventies going to shows was that you didn't have to be professional. You know, a lot of people were very like not well rehearsed abrasive um not you know not really concerned so much with uh getting it right as just sort of getting an idea or a feeling across so uh you know um i i've said this many times but when i saw uh teenage jesus and the jerks for the first time uh and lydia lunch ended her show with just by saying uh don't you wish you could get away with it and then walking off the stage that that kind of inspired me to make, make me feel, well, well, yeah, I guess I could get away with it, you know? And really there were so many bands, like I felt like I started to feel like the better rehearsed bands were actually less interesting. Um, so that made it seem very accessible to me. And, uh, and I still, you know, in my most recent performance a couple of weeks ago uh, at the temple in Salem, I felt uh, the satanic temple in Salem, I felt like, Again, like I wanted to be a certain level of rehearsed, but not too rehearsed, um, and I achieved that. You know, a lot of a lot of mistakes. Um, you can go to the temple's web website and see just how many mistakes I made. Probably more than probably more than one per piece, and I did like fifty pieces, so a lot of mistakes. Who? How would you describe the music you create? Oh, I wouldn't do that. I mean, the music is all different. I mean, the thing you just played is piano and vocal, but like, you know, and I have a few pieces that are just piano and vocal, you know, lately I've been writing my own music on ukulele. I've worked with electric groups and I've worked with acoustic groups. The music is very, you know, it's, 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 you know, it varies from record to record. So, um, so if you like a particular kind of music, you should probably stay away from me. It's really like, uh, you know, like I, you know, like the people I work with take my lyrics and try to find music that works for it, you know, that, that works for them and works for the lyrics. And um, that can end up being any kind of thing from like folk, folk uh, rock, acoustic-y kind of things or jazzy kind of things or hard rock kind of things um, or, you know, I don't know what else. I did one record with like violin and cello mostly um and that sounded the way that sounded so you know it all depends 
I wanted to say, I, you know, like when I was watching the video, videos, the visuals for like what you did with the, you know, it was interesting. It was fun for me to remember those shows, you know, that, you know, and, and you, in fact, had a poster for the last King Missile show so far, which was in May of 2019. And Dog Bowl um, performed with us, uh, did, you know, did an opening act and then also performed on stage with us. So um, I hope that's not the last King Missile show, but uh, it was a great it was a great show, uh, you know, and if it was the last, we went out with a real bang. Uh, that was a really good show. You don't think it'd be the last one, do you? I don't think so, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I do a lot of things with a lot of acts, and, uh, um, you know, I like I like working with King Missile, but I like working with all the things I work with. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Like, I could never remember all the lyrics that she put in the song. I can't remember them either. I mean, <laughs> I remember Jesus, but, you know, uh, I, I do a lot with just the paper, you know. Like, again, at that Temple show, I had a, you know, I read I read almost everything. <laughs> you know, even the songs, I, was, <laughs> I had to keep, like, looking over at the podium where the lyrics were. So I'm not very good at memorizing. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be when I smoked pot and stuff. <laughs> no, that kidding. helped. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that helped me very much. <laughs> I used to remember now. Now I can't remember song lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I can have... remember song lyrics, just not my own. <laughs> Since nobody's heard my music, it's easy. I, if I forget something, I'll just make something up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing about having new stuff that nobody's heard is like, I, you know. I can barely remember it, and people don't know if I'm messing it up. But. What do you have? A, could you narrow down a particular favorite concert, show concert that you played? Got a story um, on that? I don't know if I do. Um, uh, you know, interestingly, you know, my biggest, the biggest song that Missile had was Detachable, but the biggest show that Missile did was before Detachable came out. Um, it was the uh, the WHF Festival. And we did that in 90 or 91 before the Happy Hour record came out. I think it was 91, the summer of 91. So we performed in front of, I think, 10,000 people. And that's our biggest crowd. Um, and then we've done some festivals since then, but never a crowd that big. Um, so it is strange that our biggest crowd was uh, was before our biggest song came out. Um uh, I, I could attribute that to uh, a manager that was not able to capitalize on the success, you know, that we had with Detachable. It was a number one song in Australia. We never went to Australia. I finally went to New Zealand four years ago where it was also a number one song. But, you know, this is making me sound bitter. I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> I didn't think you sounded bitter. I do wish, I do wish uh, you know, that we had taken some more advantage at the time of, of, of what was happening with us. But, you know, we, uh, we had a good run in the early nineties. So happy, yeah. happy to have done it. Um, yeah. other good shows. I mean, that, yeah, then the opposite is, uh, with, uh, King Missile, the third, I think the show was in Austria and there were only, you know, four people that showed up and, uh, I referred to it as an audience, you know, the singular version of audience, although there was more than one person, but there weren't, wasn't many more than one person. I think that was Austria or yeah, I, 
Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. Have you got, have you gotten the tour of the world or most no. of it? Or? No, I've played New Zealand and uh, several countries in Europe and Canada and the States. That's it. Um, That's so, a lot. <laughs> uh yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, but never Australia. And uh, um, what else is there? We did get to go to Hawaii, but that's still America. Yeah. Um, Japan, we never went to. You know, a lot of bands go to Japan. We did not. Well, Japan, American rock's big there, man. It's like, but yes. did, you, did you have sales over there in Japan? No, no. That's probably why we didn't go. Yeah. Although, although we had sales in Australia, we didn't go there. I do sound bitter. No, I'm not bitter. Don't. I'm really not. No, I mean, you, know, not. you don't sound bitter, man. You just we're just having a conversation. The label on the back on the bottom of my cup is still on there. I just noticed that. I've had this cup for quite some time, but never taken the label off. With the, talking about detachable, that wasn't yeah. a, that wasn't about Bobbit, was it? Uh, no, Bobbit happened after. Yeah, that happened afterwards. It, you know, it's always assumed that everybody's talking not, about. I'm not that uh <laughs> I'm not that prescient. It doesn't sound like it's about Bobbit anyway. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but at the time it seemed seemed like people thought thought it was, you know, and it was like we, this was out before then. But you know, by the time maybe maybe because by the time I think the, I think the actual first song I heard wasn't detached. Wait, wait do you think maybe Lorena Bobbit heard the song and that gave her the idea? Oh, maybe. <laughs> that never occurred to me until just now. <laughs> there was a there was a, a thing I remember when uh, when it was found and reattached. There was a little, you know, somebody had Xeroxed copies of the article describing like how it was found and reattached. Um, and and but underneath the Xerox, they had written underneath they had written next time we'll bury it because you know John Bobbitt was not a good guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, well, oh, first song of mine you heard? Uh, Martin Scorsese. Well, that was from the same record. So, um, uh, Jesus precedes that, though, the one you just played. Um, that's an earlier song. Is it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you got a story behind it? Uh, not, not an interesting one, but I was in Canada, um, doing some performances um it was something called the uh u.s what it was the new york toronto cult exchange cultural exchange so some torontonians came here we went to toronto and there was a woman named Marin cadell um and she had this piece about the pope coming to i, I guess the pope came to toronto or something and it just made me you know it got me thinking about my relationship to Christianity uh, and Jesus and uh, and it just kind of spilled out of me. I think I wrote it in Toronto and I think we were just finishing up the mystical record at that time uh, and uh, and I wanted to add it onto the record. I think that's what happened. I don't think I think we had recorded most of the record and then when I came back I was like let's do this one too. Um, so it was kind of thrown on at the last minute. I think think that's correct but again like i said not a very interesting story yeah, i thought it was well it was interesting that time that there was a, a janitor in uh he was cleaning up i guess he had been there he was at the show 
because uh, he was uh, his job was to clean up after. It turned out that he had been a preacher before he was a janitor, but he had lost his congregation. But he was very upset by that piece, and he um, tried to perform an exorcism on me after the show. Um, he was, uh, and that was kind of strange. I felt kind of bad for him. He was really, he thought, you know, that I really needed to be saved and that there was a devil inside of me. Um, and maybe he was right because, you know, last year I did join the satanic temple, you know, I became a member. Um, I'm, I don't really practice anything that, that they do, but, um, but I, I do contribute to their monthly newsletter every month. So there's that. You know, and had I been exercised successfully, maybe that would never have happened. I did wonder how. I was like, "How do you get a How do you get a gig at the Satanic Temple?" That did cross my mind when I saw that, watched that video. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, they're always looking for acts. So if anyone thinks they want to perform, uh, they should go to the website and and see what their parameters are. I don't. I don't really know what their parameters are. I mean, they knew who I was, so they All asked right. me. Do you prefer the studio or the stage? I um, that's so interesting. That's a very interesting question. Uh, I used to prefer the studio. I liked the control, um, and I liked you know trying to come up with some sort of definitive. <laughs> because it's reversed, I can't figure out how to make it straight. Okay, that's kind of straight. Uh, the hat. Uh, because uh, because yeah, I, I liked the idea of like getting it you know, close to right, you know, and having the time to put in to get the pieces, you know, as I want them. Um, but as I've become, I think, a, a more controlled performer, not that I'm controlled, but I'm more controlled than I used to be. Um, I've enjoyed the stage a lot. I like the immediacy. I like actually interacting with the people in the audience um, um, and having to perform, you know, in unison with with the uh, other musicians is uh, all of that is exciting, electrifying. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel a lot, uh, you know, more alive when I'm on stage sometimes, usually most of the time. Um, so, uh, so I like performing a lot more than I used to. I always, I always liked it, but uh, yeah, I like it more than I used to. I haven't recorded in a while. Also, that may be part of it. You know, if I had just finished recording something, I might have said, yeah, I like recording more because <laughs> it'd be more recently in my mind. But hopefully going to do some recording later in the year. This year? Yeah, later this year. Um, right, so that was going to be one of my questions. Can we expect a new album? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um I don't know. We'll make some recordings, and if we like them, we'll put them out one way or the other. Getting labels is a pain in the ass. I mean, it always has been. Um, I mean, it never. I mean, there were times when you know, a couple of times when you know that just sort of fell into my lap, and so I never learned how to actually get a label. Um, um, so I don't know how I would get a label. Uh, uh, so probably I'll put it out on Bandcamp and whatever else. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's easy now to just do everything yourself. It's easier than it's ever been to do everything yourself. Yeah, you know, it really yeah. is. Yeah, so I have two records on Bandcamp now. I mean, well, a, a bunch of recordings with Silk Cut at Bandcamp, 
uh, and uh, and then Unusual Squirrel has one record on Bandcamp, and I'd like to do another record with them. I'd like to do a record with uh, with my uh, male sexual submission concept band called Sensation Play. I'd like to make a record of that. Um, I've been writing a bunch of songs with the word fuck in the title, uh, so I call them fuck songs, and I've got like six six of those, maybe seven. I'd like to make a record of fuck just fuck songs although that might be boring i don't know um i feel like i need to write a, a bunch more and um i haven't written one in a couple months so i don't know i don't know uh if i'll if i'll think of any more um and uh um and and i have a new group called the new trout um and we'll and i'd like to make a record with them too they're just you know you know and who knows, maybe another King Missile record as well. The, right before the pandemic, King Missile was working on some stuff. Uh, King Missile is the only group I'm in now uh, that doesn't have a woman in it. And that really bothers me. <laughs> I don't like working with all male bands. Um, I really don't like it. And uh, uh, so that's part of my hesitancy. You know, so maybe we, you know, we get a sixth member or so. I don't know what to do about it. You know, but it's really, I don't know why it's, uh, well, I do know why, I think. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't like that there's no women in King Missile. You know you know who uh, loves King Missile? Not me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I, I, who, who? Lisa Umbarger commented when I put this event up. She was in the Toadies. She was the bass the, player in, for the Toadies. Oh, Okay. <laughs> She goes, I love King Missile. She put, that was really kind of excited me. She commented. Well, if she were in New York, you know, we could do some business. Is that where you are? I thought you were in California. No, I don't think so. Wait. Yeah. Well, you can't see out the window, but that is New York. That's why I kept on saying Easter time. If I'd known that, that I would be like, just our time. Oh, well, I don't know. A lot of people say Eastern time, you know, say the time zone anyway, just so that people know. So there's no question. Right. Well, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't been in California in a few years. I like it. I like going out there performing. Um, have a bunch of friends in Los Angeles. And uh, um, the, the last the last real record I made was with two Californians. Uh, you had a picture of me with them, uh, uh, Azalea Snail and Dan, uh, Dan West. Uh, we have this act called You, Me, and This Fucking Guy, and we made a record called Garden Variety Fuckers, and that came out last year. Um, it's uh, mostly nature poems, um, but, uh, you know, done in this kind of Long Island, you know, oh, fucking, this beautiful fucking garden, you know, that kind of thing. So there's one called Garden, one called uh, Sunset, you know, just like, oh, it's fucking beautiful nature and shit, you know, that kind of thing. I don't remember any of the words to any of those, but they were a lot of fun to make. That's a, fu- so, that a fun That's a fun project. Maybe make more of those sometime. You got a, got a poem you'd like to recite? Oh, did you tell me we were going to do that? No, I'm, I'm just asking. You can say no. I got tons. Uh, well, here's the last poem I wrote. I, for people, you know, like, if you have Facebook, I think you can follow me on Facebook without um, 
without actually uh, befriending me. Uh, so I'm JSH John S. Hall at, uh, on Facebook, uh, JSH John S. Hall. And, uh, and every day I post new poems. Uh, this is the last poem that I posted. So, so I start at the beginning of the year with poem number one. I think that's what I'm going to keep doing. I, I actually started doing this last year, and then I started the numbers again this year. So this is uh, the last poem that I wrote uh, that I posted. Um, so let's see how this goes. It's poem number 606, wait, 605, and it's called H. Uh, in response to the fifth part of poem number 597, Joshua Hurston Hall, no relation, pointed out that Jiminy Cricket's middle initial could be H. And he is correct that far more people say Jesus H. Christ than Jesus fucking Christ, which is what I tend to say. This led me to look up the origins of Jesus H. Christ, not the person, the name, or curse. The person, of course, uh, originated from Mary and God knows who else. Uh, the name, or curse, is another matter entirely. The first known instance of Jesus H. Christ's occurred in the 1880s, but I have so far found the explanations as to what the H stands for, uh, uh, either conclusive or unconvincing or both. Breaking one of my rules regarding self-censorship, I will close by concluding that perhaps no one knows what the H, the H stands for. Uh, maybe I should have read 597 first so that that would have made more sense, or 598, whatever poem that is. Uh, but it was like I was writing a poem about how people have these... Uh, I could read that one too, or I could wait a little bit. Uh, that's actually a better poem. It's called Substitutions in Five Parts. Uh, do we have time for that too? Yeah. I mean, it's in five parts, but it's each part is short, I think. Okay, okay. poem number 597, Substitutions in Five Parts, part one. A lot of people will censor themselves. There are even substitute words or phrases like Jiminy Cricket, which people say instead of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, makes it weird that there's a Disney character with that name. And there's Dag Nabbit for God damn it. I once knew a woman who would say sugar instead of shit. There's a fucking shitload of these euphemisms, these substitutions, these ways of saying the thing you want to say instead of just saying the thing you want to say. I get it, sort of, but not really. I mean, just fucking say it or don't. Part two, Louis C.K., who I wish would just apologize like a normal human being instead of attempting to cultivate a whole new audience of fucking assholes instead of winning back the people who loved him by just showing a little fucking contrition. Louis C.K. rightfully railed against the use of the term the N-word. He said that it permits the user to refer to a fucked up term and put the idea in the listener's head without bearing the responsibility of actually using the fucked up term, which I thought was a good point. Louis C.K. was fucking brilliant until suddenly he became a fucking idiot. Part three. A lot of people say freaking or effing instead of fucking. It would be funny if I was in bed with someone and I said, F me, baby, F me, F yeah, or do you like how I'm effing you? Or even, oh, sugar, F me, just like that. That would be so stupid. I probably would never, ever do that, but it would be funny. Now watch. The next time I'm having sex with someone... All I'll be hearing is that kind of shit the whole fucking time. Part four, while I'd rather hear I'm going to fucking come than I'm going to freaking come, I'd still rather hear I'm going to freaking come than nothing at all. Part five, I think that Jiminy Cricket's middle initial must be F. Uh, that's the end of that poem. It was kind of long, but it was fun. That was fun, wasn't it? Kind of? A little? Oh, You're yeah. Still muted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I just realized that. <laughs> 
Oh, you had me reeled in though, man. <laughs> All right. So All you're right. So wait, so if there are no questions after that, then there must be nobody actually watching this. If anybody's watching this, just why don't you ask me about my shirt? It's got this like rather cool like design on the inside. Um, I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah. I like the, the collar. It's got this kind of like, I can't show you the design without getting closer than I want to, but uh, it's from Paul Frederick. They were having a sale, but they're not paying me for that. Now maybe they'll give me a free shirt. Maybe. <laughs> I'll be like, I just read this poem where I said fuck like 17 times and then I mentioned your name. So give me a free shirt. <laughs> maybe they will. Well, people are watching. We've got. They're just we've... dumbfounded. <laughs> well, Bri I am Bri too. Brian Remus says this guy is awesome. Thank you, cuz. <laughs> I should ask Brian Remus a question. No, Go for I, don't it. Have, I don't. I don't have a question for Brian Remus. <laughs> do you, Do you have a particular favorite song to perform? Uh, no. I mean, I usually prefer writing, uh, playing more recent songs. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do actually. I do have a favorite these days. It's called "Fuck Me and Kill Me." It's one of the fuck songs. It's one of the first <laughs> fuck songs, but. Um, you know, if we have time, I can do that one too. But you know, we'll see. Cause I got my uke right here. All right, fire it up. Sometimes I will live is not that strong. Sometimes I don't see the point of going on. Sometimes I think I don't want to live too long Sometimes I look at you and I'm already gone Can't we do like the praying mantises do Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you Can't we do like the praying mantises do Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you Sometimes I look at you and I already know Sometimes I look at you and I'm ready to go Sometimes I want you so much I break down and cry Sometimes I want you as much as I want to die Can we do like the praying mantises do? Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you Can we do like the praying mantises do? Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you I want you to fuck me even though I won't survive I want you to fuck me and eat me alive Fuck me until the blood shoots out of my eyes as I die a little death Fuck me until the rest of me die Can we do like the pray mantis do? Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you. Can't we do like pray mantis do? Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you. Fuck me and kill me, bite off my head. Fuck me and kill me, make sure I'm dead. 
fuck me and kill me, I'm ready to burst. So kill me, but please fuck me first. Can't we do like the praying mantises do? Fuck me and kill me as I come inside of you. Fuck me and kill me as I come inside. Come inside. Come. Uh, that's that one. Yeah, that's great, man. It's a, that one's a lot of fun to play. It's got so many chords in it. And I didn't even fuck it up, I don't think. Yeah. The only thing I fucked up is the slow part. I should have made slower. But, yeah. Uh. It's, but, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's fun. That's great, man. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. And it's going to be on your next record? Or the one after next. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so we got to hear it, hear it on Undergroundopolis first, man. Well, I mean, people have heard it, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm 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 glad I thought of that. I'm glad I keep my uke by my side. <laughs> yeah. How many books do you have out? Two. Uh, one is just a collection of uh, of lyrics, and the other one is this one right here. It's a negative thought for every day of the year. Daily negotiations. No, daily negations. Negotiations. Here's today's, June 16th. I have tried very hard to find meaning in what I do, but I have found instead a vast and limitless nothingness. I tried to embrace the nothingness, but it slipped through my grasp, and now there is nothing where the nothingness was. This may sound meaningful, but it isn't. So that's, that was today's negation. You know, and I do that on Facebook Live uh, every morning. I read from that book, uh, uh, you know, to give people a, a the opposite of a pick me up, I guess. Uh, well, you know, when I wrote the book, you know, I I was writing it in response to toxic positivity, which was a term I had not heard, but like I I had this feeling about like that a lot of positivity can be really detrimental, you know? And so I thought, you know, I would do like an antidote, you know, toxic positivity. What's the antidote? Uh, you know, happy negativity. So there you go. <laughs> you got anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think if I have any questions for me since nobody else does. Um, um, you know, why, why do you go on? Why do you go on? You know, there's a good question. It's kind of a religious question. I mean, I have a kid, so that helps. Um, she's 14. She'd be bummed if I didn't go on. Um, so I'm glad, you know, for that. Why do I go on making art though? Um, well, because I, I just feel driven to do it, you know? I like to write every morning and then post those poems on Facebook. And usually at least one person comments on the poems and that's gratifying, you know? Um, so I do it. I, why do I go on? Because people seem to want me to, uh, including my kid. She definitely wants me to. <laughs> um, and there are people that like what I do. So I do it, you know, I like what I do sometimes and they like what I do sometimes. So it's a good, kind of relationship we got going on 
between me and the people who like some of what I do. So there you go. What's your band camp addresses? Uh, Silk Cut, S-I-L-K-C-U-T, dot bandcamp dot com, I think. I think that's how it goes. And the other one's Unusual Squirrel, dot bandcamp. Unusual Squirrel has four U's in it. Isn't that crazy? That name has four U's in it. It's a lot of U's. I sat there and counted them. <laughs> you can't. You can't. <laughs> There's no me. There's no me in Unusual Squirrel, but there are four U's. So there you go. Well, everybody be sure to check out Unusual Squirrel's band camp and Silk Cut's band camp. This is Scrooge Mandela, and here's your joke of the week. How do you get a baby to crawl in the circle? Nail one of his hands to the floor. <laughs>